missing persons, house-to-house -house inquiries, sourcing whatever accelerant had been used to destroy the remains. The minutiae of a serious criminal investigation mattered so much, especially at the start, every tiny piece of evidence gathered with the greatest care in the search for whoever had carried out this hideous crime. He looked up towards the grassy slope. It would have taken more than one man to carry a corpse that far, he decided. Yet there had been no attempt to bury him, and he wondered why. D.S. Mary Falconer stood up as the man opened the door. In all her years as a family liaison officer, the woman had never personally encountered the tall detective who was head of the major investigation team in Glasgow, though she had heard plenty of stories about him. It was said that he had an uncanny gift for making people open up to him, and Mary guessed that was the reason why he was here right now. D.I. Brownlee was senior investigating officer in this case, and the FLO was curious to know what her boss made of this detective superintendent. Word had it that Lorimer was turning up uninvited to different crime scenes across the region, but exactly why was not yet known. Was he trying to recruit new personnel to the MIT? That was one theory, certainly. Perhaps he was just pining for his former days as a DCI, when he'd headed up different investigations, not just ones that were characterised as Class A's. He'd put a few D.I.'s noses out of joint last summer, taking an undue interest in different cases of homicide, though in the end he seemed to have made more friends than foes amongst his more junior officers. Whatever the reason, Mari found that she was intrigued, to meet the legend that was William Lorimer, to see if the man measured up to his reputation. Boys, this is Detective Superintendent Lorimer, she said, smiling at the three young lads who were sitting in the family liaison officer's room. He'll want to ask you lots of questions, so mind what I told you, eh? There were glances between the boys and the FLO, and a few nervous looks at the man who stood towering over them all. Lorimer was sure that Falconer was more than capable of handling the lads, but sometimes it paid dividends to attend an interview like this. And it would not be the first time that he had pulled rank and sat across a table in an interview room, his years of experience and particular manner giving him an edge over many of his colleagues. Lorimer gave the DS a smile and sat down next to the boys. Right, who do we have here? he asked in a cheerful tone intended to put the youngsters at their ease. Again, all three pairs of eyes turned expectantly to DS Falconer, but she shook her head and grinned at them in mock despair. Go on, introduce yourselves. Lorimer waited patiently knowing that this was all part of the adventure for these lads, something else to tell their friends at a later date. Jace Barnes, one voice said, holding the detective's gaze for a fearless moment. 
Jason. No, Jace, spelled J-A-Y-C-E, he replied, a tinge of pride in his voice as though he had put one over already on this big guy. Then he shrugged as if he was trying to appear nonchalant, though his rapidly tapping foot gave way his inner excitement. Okay, Lorimer's eyes flicked to the boy sitting next to Jace, a thin wee lad with scuffed trainers and holes in his jeans that were not a designer statement, but more likely the result of wear and tear. Seeing the detective's glance shift, Jace elbowed the boy in his side. Gary Keane, he mumbled, ducking his head and squirming awkwardly in his seat. The lad was pale, Lorimer noticed, and wondered if this was the one that had been sick. You all right, son? he asked kindly. Gary nodded, one swift glance towards the detective, then back at his feet.